Hey, everybody, welcome back to In Strange Company. I am so excited for this week's episode. This is the episode that I've been teasing for a while now. It is the episode on what men are thinking. On this episode, I sit down with two of my good friends and we are interviewed by Bonnie Weeks, the host of the Yoga Strong podcast, and we answer all of your questions regarding what are men thinking. We dive into everything. We talk sex, politics, religion, relationships. No topic was off the table when I put the invite out to you and you guys came through with some amazing questions and we are just super real and honest and vulnerable during this conversation. So I know you're going to get a lot of value out of it. Be aware that there is some adult content, so consume wisely. Welcome to In Strange Company. I'm your host, Marcus Strange. I believe we're a composite of the people with whom we surround ourselves. On this podcast, I sit down with some of the most interesting humans you could hope to meet and give you the opportunity to surround yourself with some amazing people. My guests and I share insights into creating authentic and purpose-filled lives. Thanks for stopping by. I appreciate the company. Hey everyone, welcome back to In Strange Company. This is a very special episode. It's gonna be a little bit different than the ones that I've done in the past. I actually am here with a panel of other uh, men who are gonna help me answer questions that were sent in to us by female listeners and fans of the show. I'm really excited, this is gonna be a lot of fun. Um, and to help facilitate this, I have asked Bonnie Weeks, of the Yoga Strong podcast, um, one of my besties and my sister-in-law to help moderate this. Hey, Bonnie, how's it going? Hello, I'm super pumped to be here. Thank you so much for agreeing to help uh, moderate this. It's going to make this a lot of fun, I think. I have been thinking about this and I love this list of questions and I think it's going to be a lot of fun to hear your guys' responses, especially because you don't know what's coming. <laughs> yeah well and and that actually brings up why we're doing this so um i have had many conversations with female friends of mine and a lot of those uh circle around like why do you guys do the things you do what is going on inside your heads and so i thought this would be a great opportunity to bring on um, a couple of my friends who are uh deep thinking guys who really, um, you know, really are, are good people and can answer these questions in a real authentic way. And so uh, we're going to go around, we're going to do introductions. Um, most of you know me, but I'll start out. Um, I'm obviously Marcus, uh, Marcus Strange. I'm the host of the In Strange Company podcast. And uh, for my life outside of podcasting, I work for a wildlife conservation organization. Um, I'm a straight middle-class white, uh, male, and I've been married for the last coming up on 11 years now. Um, so that's a little bit about me. Um, should give you an idea of, uh, where I'm coming from when I answer these questions and I think next let's go to Jared. Jared, you want to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Jared Frazier. 
Um, I am the executive director of 2% for Conservation, so another wildlife conservation group. Though ours is a little different, we work with the businesses and people that support conservation work instead of uh, doing it necessarily directly ourselves uh, or, or with programs along those lines. Uh, that's my day, mostly day job. The rest of it is as a husband, father, um, here in Montana, I have a seven-year-old daughter and an eight-year-old son. My wife and I will celebrate 10 years next month of being married. Uh, I'm originally from the Midwest, uh, but moved out here to Montana back in 2007. Awesome. And last but not least, on the, the guy side of this uh, group discussion, Fred, do you want to introduce yourself to the folks? Absolutely. So I am Fred Collins. I uh, work here in Helena, Montana at the Department of Environmental Quality um, in the Solid Waste Program, as glamorous as that sounds. Uh, we license and uh, regulate all of the uh, landfills, recycle facilities, composting facilities in the state. Um, in my downtime or not so downtime, I'm in four different local choirs in Helena. So singing all over the place, weddings, concerts, all sorts of different stuff. Um, and I'm in a brass quintet. I play the trumpet in a brass quintet. Um, I am single. I just turned 30 last year. So I'm a single 30-year-old guy. Got a house. I got a dog. Um, I was raised by a single mother. Um, I am half white, half black. My mom is white. My biological father was black. Uh, originally from Pennsylvania, we moved out to Montana in Oh, geez, this year will be 21 years ago. So, yeah, so wow. I claim Montana, but yeah, raised by a single mom. I have a little sister. So I have a feeling I'll have, I, I hope I will have some good answers today, but, you know, maybe not. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and our, our fearless moderator, um, Bonnie, do you want to introduce yourself? You've been on a couple of times, so I think people are probably familiar with you, but just in case. Why don't you tell us about yourself? Yeah, I, I think introducing myself here, especially in uh, this setting where it's this this mix where I'm moderating is is really fun. And especially since some of this, some of these questions are going to dip into relationship things. So where I come from that is I um, this last year I hit 15 years of marriage with my husband, and then we separated. And we have three kids. I um, it's very amicable. It is very much a conscious decision between both of us. And so got some experience behind me and uh, redefining what family means. So um, put me in a, a single category, put me in a family category, put me in um, loving lots of people in my life who have <laughs> been there for me. And uh, yeah, so continued continued exploration of what what that means. And then outside of what that looks like for family side, I am a yoga teacher. I am an online instructor and mentor for other yoga teachers around the world. And I love to build community and help mentor people to gain confidence and clarity in their own voice. Awesome. Thank you all for those introductions. I know that people are going to be really fascinated in all of your responses. Um, I, I was, I was kind of strategic, but not not overly strategic, and trying to pick, um, a, you know, a couple other people to be on with us. 
guests who were from different walks of life than mine so we could get those different perspectives. And so with myself, um, Jared and Fred, I hope that we're able to provide um, three unique perspectives when it comes to relationships and in helping people understand how their their male partner may think. Um, with that being said, uh, the ground rules for this are we have to answer the question. We have to answer it honestly. And uh, from here on out, Bonnie, you have the reins and I am I'm stepping back. This is your show and you are in charge. So, uh, guys, thank you for being here. Everybody enjoy the show. Yay. Wonderful. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have this fantastic uh, array of questions for you, and I will just begin by by directing a question to Jared first. Jared, how do you feel about buying tampons? Oh, it's like something I do on a, a couple times a month basis. <laughs> no, I mean, like this, it, this feels it doesn't like a, bother me at all. No. Right. Yeah. And I, I think this is a very entry level question. I'm like, okay, what, what's something easy here? Like this is by, buying condos, buying tampons. This is very natural, like not a big deal. Yeah. Marcus? Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. 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 Marcus, go for it. <laughs> so when that question came in, the uh -huh. the question tampons that does uh -huh. not bother for some reason i am super uncomfortable buying condoms lube stuff like that i don't know why the two are are complete polar opposite ends of the spectrum i am so uncomfortable with the one and the other one i am i'm totally comfortable with and i interesting I don't know why that is yeah, so it's it's more comfortable for you to be almost in a service mode um, for somebody else than it is for you to maybe like own like your own your own thing. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, I'm when I'm when I'm buying tampons or, or whatever it might be, it's like, hey, look at me like I'm like I'm a good guy. I'm helping out. And I almost feel like a dog <laughs> when I'm buying the other ones. If that makes sense. Like, I feel like that cashier is looking at me like you, you dirty dog. What do you, what do you think is going to happen tonight? <laughs> well, no, I think that's when you say, oh yeah, you know what's going to happen tonight. <laughs> uh, Fred, Fred, how about you? Are you um, more comfortable with tampons or condoms? Which ones are you more comfortable with? All of it. I don't care. Okay. I, I, so I actually worked at a grocery store, so I kind of, I could see where Marcus is coming from because you kind of, you know, I worked there, I worked at Albertsons for about 10 years. So you see a lot of different combinations of things uh, come through a register. So, you know, but it, at the end of the day, it's life, you know, I, and because I worked at a grocery store and I had a mother and a sister, you know, it's yeah. nine o'clock. They're like, Fred, before you leave, can you get me X, Y, Z? And I'm like, Oh, what size? Well, what's the, what's the brand? Just get it. For, you know, I, it doesn't bother me at all. And I, you know, I think just kind of in life, I, I don't realize when something might be embarrassing. So maybe that's a little bit of my just kind of personality, but yeah, that doesn't bother me. I love this. And I think I, I like this as a starting point of a conversation because I know for my own children that uh, normalizing any body functions uh, is really important to me. So I like 
even beginning right here from a very basic <laughs> mm. uh, acceptance of it all. Okay, let's, uh, let's move on. I have a question about t-shirts. So just for a moment, I want you all to think about your closets. We're going to like jump from uh, bodily function to closets. And apparently <laughs> there's a question about t-shirts, which I'm not sure that is like, um, like, do you feel like you have all the t-shirts? Do you care? Like with your wardrobe, uh, are you the shopper? Is she the shopper? Like, where does that fall for you? Do you, what does that look like for you? Marcus, let's start with you. Um, so <laughs> I, I, um, would only have t-shirts for my wife. Um, uh, I might have one or two nice things. Um, I'm not, I'm not, uh, fashion unconscious, but I, because of my work, I get given a lot of free t-shirts and it's just kind of easier and cheaper that way. I think if I wasn't married, I would probably, um, I would probably recycle that one sexy outfit for all my dates until it was time for the second date. And then I would need to go to TJ Maxx and update the wardrobe. But yeah, I just, it's not a priority for me, I guess. So I guess like adding on to this, if, uh, how do you feel that the way that you dress or styled influences the way that you, um, I don't know, connect with your, uh, a significant other, whether it is a date, whether it is um, a spouse, like does the way you dress uh, in, it excite them at all? Does it, um, is it a place of connection for you at all? Is it a place of uh, contradiction? at all where it's, it's a stressor in your relationship. Jared, how about you? Uh, I, I would say we've gone through stages with that. Uh, coming from Midwestern heavy evangelical background, like there was one day of the week where we were expected to dress differently. <laughs> mm. You know, Sunday. Uh, and if you were volunteering uh, at those you know, churches, it was probably other nights of the week that you were expected to dress differently. Women were expected to put on makeup and all these things. For me, uh, as someone who had been rebelling from that culture, from like the first set of hormones that ever coursed through my veins as a tween, um, <laughs> my goal was to get as far away from that, like gussy up, turn into something other than what you are normally self, both for me and whomever my partner or, you know, partners throughout life might be. And so like within our house, it it's, it's a constant point of contention of like, Hey, does this look good? And my answer is always, yes, don't like, yes, it, 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 you know, um, or maybe you don't know. I, that's a colloquialism, but, um, I, I would say like between us, that's as tenuous as it gets is when that's forgotten that I don't expect any special kind of clothing, makeuping, anything like that. And uh, it was something that she mentioned with me was just that I was comfortable in my own skin is how she put it, not realizing, you know, I was putting on mm. a show for her. Um, well, I've got insecurities too, but um that notion of just be yourself, wear what you want, um, 
that's something we've had between us as a spoken thing from very early on. Okay. I, I like what you're saying. And like, there's a lot that you just um, shared with that, that that's good meat. So I want to take this even another step further and say, it sounds like she's fishing for compliments and you're like, Oh yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So, um, where has your learning process been? I mean, you've been, you've been married for almost 10 years. Yeah. And so, I mean, this is significant learning in 10 years. And uh, what has the learning been then around the way that you connect with your wife in regards to being able to connect, you know, between her ears, right? Like to be able to connect and be like, oh, complimenting, like these words of affirmation, like that is like the pathway uh, to bed. That's the pathway to like feeling intimate for her to feel intimate. What has your learning been around that in particular with your wife? Well, with, with this thing in particular, she's actually not looking for a compliment. She's looking for correction. And I thought she was looking for a compliment for maybe the first five years. Okay. And I was wrong. (laughs) And I made things worse Ah. by complimenting when that's not what was being sought after. We both come from very, very, very conservative, like the the idea of uh, religious conservative that might be in someone's head. Take it further than your average, and Marcus Ah. might chuckle to this, average Mormon. Take it further than mm. that. Like the women weren't allowed to talk in my church. Wow. <laughs> they had to wow. wear head coverings. Um, <laughs> like that was wow. that was my childhood. And I hated it. And my mom hated it. And my dad hated it. And, you know, we were all against it. But that's, you know, what was expected. So uh, and the place where my wife and I met was a school that literally would pair up students to get married off together to then go be missionaries overseas. Um, and if you fought it, you'd get kicked out of school and, uh, guess what happened to me? So, um, (laughs) as far as for her and I, it's actually not been, we're, we're kind of fortunate. A lot of the struggles folks have, um, because of our natural proclivities to move away from those more stereotypical things, uh, more often than not, our, our misunderstandings come from both trying to take care of the other more. Um, Mm. We're both firstborns. So we want to take control too. So we'll say it's taking care of each other, but it's also control. Like, (laughs) no, I'm the oldest kid in the house. Um, (laughs) You know, that's, that's more where the education has been, has been to actually hear each other, not what they might Mm. be trying to get across, um, not to try to read between the lines, but to take it at face value first, instead of trying to read between the lines as to what they might actually be needing or wanting, because that's where I tend to screw up more. Yeah, there's a phrase that uh, that you know my my ex and I had coined together uh, was selfish honesty, and we say like, okay, I have to be selfishly honest. Like, what do my what do I want for myself? I can't guess what you want and then like try to like deal with that. It's like, okay, this is exactly what my honesty is. This is what, and then you bring yours and I'm going to trust that you're going to bring yours. And then that's the only way we can meet in the middle is if we can honestly say what both of us want and then figure it out. So that's what I hear you saying. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, uh, there's some, again, some abnormalities from like what's, typical that's redundant um <laughs> and, and in that I, I was raised with a 
I mean, she was a, a farmer's daughter and um, plumber's son, and we grew up with very little, uh, both of us. So our creature comforts and a lot of things that people will fight over, or like you know what channel to watch. We don't watch TV, you know. So it's it's more mm. uh, making sure that by the end of the day we're both going to sleep just fine. That's that's kind of you know, especially with something like this going on, uh, and, and quarantine and all that, um, making sure that the other one can sleep just fine is is kind of the main goal because there is an understanding of mutual respect. Mm, I love it. I love it. Okay, I want to go jump to another question. There is this idea that the real craving underneath all men, and whether or not that they have put it into words or or even even have, have thought it, that what they're really craving is freedom. And thinking on that, then thinking about feeling freedom for yourself and feeling free, free to move, free to make decisions, free to like do whatever you're going to do. Uh, how does that show up in your life? Do you find anger if you don't have it? Um, how do you feel that in your body? Like, is that, does that ring true for you? And Fred, I'd love to hear what you have to say. That's a really great question. Um, you know, being single, um, I think people might assume that I'm kind of free to kind of move about my life as I see fit, which I guess in many ways I am. Um, but whether it's a relationship, whether it's a job, whether it's an extracurricular activity, um, there are constraints to everything. And, um, you know, me being kind of, I'm, I'm a person that finds it very hard to say no to people. Um, you know, I could have, you know, six nights a week where I've got something to do. And on that seventh night, if someone's like, hey, are you busy? Technically, I'm not busy, but I'd like to have a night to myself. I'll say, oh, I'm not busy, even though, you know, I've spent the last week kind of running from dusk, dusk to dawn. Um, but no, I think in a lot of ways for me, um, I don't necessarily actually kind of thinking about it in terms of this, this quarantine thing, you know, in a lot of ways, uh, most of my, you know, like I said before, I'm in uh, four community choirs. I'm in a brass quintet. Um, I, you know, I run with friends. I've got, you know, friends around town that I like to see. And, you know, now that all of that has been removed as an option for me, I have a lot of freedom and you kind of sit, you know, and you see people posting about, you know, oh gosh, what am I going to do? When is this going to be over? And, you know, kind of in our day to day, we, we almost wish not necessarily for this circumstance specifically, but kind of like, I just wish I had like a whole month where I had nothing to do and I could just sit at home and just watch TV all day and not, you know, change out of my clothes. I don't have to shower. Maybe I'll brush my teeth. Maybe I won't. But then when it actually happens, it's like, wow, this is, it's like too much. I've got like, I've got too much time to do whatever I want and I don't know how to fill it all myself. So, um, you know, I guess more recently for me, you know, I've been single geez now for seven years. Um, it's more and more as I, you know, when I have free time as, you know, a 30 year old man sitting at home, you know, it's, it's, there are times where I'm like, you know, it would be nice to, you know, have something that I need to go home for so that I don't fill my evenings. Not that I'm filling my evenings kind of fill a void, but you know, I, I can be in four choirs and a brass quintet and all these things because I don't necessarily have anything I need to come home to. 
every night, if that makes sense. Um, and in some ways, you know, at this point in my life, I'm like, you know, I want, I, I kind of want something like that, you know, and maybe being in it, you know, and in any relationship and anything, it's like, you know, you get to a point where you get sick of anything if you're, you know, in it for a long time and you need a little bit of a refresher, just kind of, you know, get your head out of it and come back into it. But, you know, it's, it's definitely something that, um, I, I almost crave not having freedom in some regard, mm. if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Just kind yeah. Of, I think the loneliness of, of like having responsibility, having somebody to care for and somebody to care for you. And right. like, that's another layer to it. Right. And I think, um, you know, kind of how I grew up a little bit, um, you know, raised by a single mother, but she uh, married my now ex stepfather when I was um, 10, not a great guy. Mm. Um, and they were married for 14 years. So as an older brother and as my mother's son being in a situation where um, uh, I, I, I kind of assumed the position of what I thought a husband should be to my mother and kind of trying to be the example of what I thought I should be for my older or for my younger sister. Um, so in a lot of ways, I didn't have freedom growing up and I, that kind of, you know, leaked into college as, you know, I, I didn't leave town for college because I felt like I needed to be here for my sister and my mom. Um, so in, a, in many instances in my life where I had the option to go seek that freedom, I chose not to because I felt there was a, a it would mean more for me to stay where I was at um, kind of greatest, you know, greatest good for the greatest number kind of thing, uh, staying home mm. and being present for my sister, and my mother versus me seeking the freedom that at, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21, a lot of people, you know, kind of run towards and sprint away from the constraints of being in a family setting. And, you know, I can make my own decisions and I can, you know, go to a different city and live my life and finally do what I want to do. Um, it, and I haven't really sought that. It, that's never been something that I've really craved enough to make that happen in a real way, if that makes sense. So, yeah, yeah. I guess I would say for me, I don't necessarily crave freedom. I think balance is important um, in anything. Too much of a good thing isn't good anymore. I think that's a Sam Smith song. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, I think balance is, you know, fantastic in whatever it is that you're doing. Um, and like uh, Jared was saying, kind of clear communication. Um, you know, my mother is a very blunt person. So when I was growing up, if I did something bad, she was like, this is the bad thing that you did. And this is why you can't do that thing. It wasn't like, mm, do you know what you did? It was never kind of a dance around the issue. It was always mm. kind of hit it, hit it on the head. So that's kind of not necessarily the way that I communicate. I will communicate, um, things in a way that people will understand what I'm saying, but I, I like to sugarcoat. I don't want people to feel bad. Um, I was raised a little bit differently where it was like, just tell me what it is. And you know, that's, that's, I receive information better that way than I it's would. Direct. I, yes. Direct, you know? So I think in, you know, kind of back to the freedom thing, if that's something that you are needing in a moment in, you know, in a relationship and whatever it is, kind of like what you said, being selfishly honest about that, call it out, be like, you know what, I need a night. I'm going to, you know, go for a run. I'm going to go do X, Y, Z. And um, yeah, I think that's, you know, I've, I've noticed in a lot of my relationships, um, the only time I've ever been in, you know, 
quarrels with people's when I wasn't sure what they needed. And, you know, if I ask explicitly, what's, what's going on? That's, I really mean that, you know, when I say, how's your day? I really mean, how is your day? Good, bad, ugly, whatever. Just tell me what it is. That way there's no guessing, you know, everyone knows where everyone's at at all times. So, um, yeah, I love that. I think that's really great. And I think like the the amount of awareness that you have built into you just from growing up and being there for your mom and being there for your sister, like the amount of empathy you have for people in other situations. And I think even your job as a cashier, like that's right. given you such a perspective of other human beings. Yeah, so I have a, no. I, I do. I have one question for you, though. So yeah. in in this and thinking of, you know, in seven years and and being like, wow, I really would like somebody to go home to. Somebody that would be like, hey, um, how you doing, Fred? Like, right. hey, Fred, I really would love to see you tonight. Hey, Fred, like, hey, I, like would you up? pick up some eggs? Let's let's pick up some <laughs> eggs. Right, really, please? <laughs> I need a gallon of milk, babe. <laughs> Just give me a gallon of milk. <laughs> but like, what is it? If you could say even, um, let's say two things. Let's say two things. You're like, man, I would love if a significant other, um, whoever that would be for you and mm-hmm. whoever that person looks like for you to acknowledge me in two ways, to acknowledge two things about me. What two things about you would you love to have acknowledged? Oh, man, that's a good one. Okay, while well, you got, think about you that. Lined up. Yeah, I'll, I'll think Okay, about so it. you yeah. think about that for a minute. Yeah. Marcus, I, I want you to share. Okay, so I just was thinking about um, everything Fred shared, which was so good. And I'm like taking notes over here. Um, and it sparked this thought in my mind. And I think part of your original question was like, where where does um, where does it show up in your body if you're not feeling free? Is yes. was that part of the original? Okay. So what what got me thinking about that? was like, how do I feel when I don't feel free? And I feel tense, I feel irritable. Um, I feel it feel it in my core, I feel it in my chest. And then I started thinking about, well, why don't I do something about that? Why do I just sit with that? And I'm not talking about like, I'm not looking to go out and buy a $50,000, you know, Corvette or, or whatever it might be. It's just like simple things where I don't feel the freedom to act autonomously. And I think about like why why can I not get out of that um and and like how do I um like how do I communicate to my partner about that what what was coming to my mind is those are the spots where I don't feel necessarily safe going and talking to my partner Ooh, why not I want to hear more well, and I think it's different for from you know case to case, and I I don't have a specific example right off the top of my head, um, but I think as we're we're talking about this, like, do you guys want freedom? Yes, everybody wants freedom in their life. We want to feel, we want to feel connected. We want to feel interdependent with people, not codependent upon people. Um, but when we when you're sensing from your your male partner that that angst and you you are wondering or you know that it's because they're they're feeling a lack of freedom i would put it back on the person who's asking this question are you creating a space where they can come to you in a safe way and express a need or a desire 
or do they feel like they have to be quiet about something and they can't talk to you? Because like guys typically, and I, I'm generalizing here, but we, we want to do good. We want to serve. We want to be a supportive partner, but we need to feel safe coming to you. We need to feel safe voicing. It, it sounds like you're saying, it sounds like you're saying uh, a non-judgment. Like you want yeah. a non-judgment place to be like, hello, I just need some, some acknowledgement that I'm a human being and a human process. And this is what's currently coming up for me. And this is like purely just from me. And, and I don't, and like, I'm happy to have you here and to like walk through this with me, but just so you know, like this is, this is my current body situation and head situation. Yeah. And it's something, it doesn't have to be complex, right? Like it can be something as simple as like, I want to, you know, Friday night, I want to go, um, or I don't want to go anywhere. I just want to sit home and I want to watch the game and I just, I just need to do that. But I don't feel safe. And, and a, like you were saying, a judgment free space to come to you and say, Hey, I want to do this without you judging me for, you know, not wanting to go out or this or that. That's when, that's when that's a sense of not being free and that angst and that, that tension starts to come in. So I would just say, if you're sensing that from your male partner, ask yourself, do I provide a space where they can come to me in a judgment-free way and be truly authentic? Because that will create a sense of, of non-freedom faster than anything. Yeah, I, I like this. I, I like this, Marcus. And it's actually making me think, I'm like, okay, if this is a, a female listener listening to our conversation right now and thinking about like, okay, like they're a male counterpart that they might have or a person in their life and thinking about how does, like if, if to speaking to your example, like if, if Marcus wants to sit at home on the couch and just like watch Netflix and eat some popcorn like have a night to himself, probably do some push-ups. That's probably what Marcus would do while he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what is it um, if I were a female counterpart in a, in, in a situation like that? Is there a sense to maybe reflect for a moment, turn it around on on myself? So I'll say like if I was in this situation, I'd be like, okay, like if I am feeling uh, affronted by this, by this situation where he doesn't want to go out with me, like where is it that actually it's my work that shows up as saying, oh, have I attached my own freedom and worth and value to Marcus having to come with me? Or am I operating as a whole human being where I am like, autonomous by myself, interdependent. Sure. Like I like this person in my life. I want to bring home a gallon of milk to them, <laughs> but also, um, also can I, can I have my own feet under me and feel okay with that too? And so I would say like, there's, it's both things where both, uh, if you want to stay home, be able to present that and feel like you're judgment free, uh, it's a judgment free zone, but then also for that partner to say like, okay, sweet. Like, I can let you do that because I know that I am serving myself and I um, am allowed by my partner here who wants to stay home on Friday night. Like he allows me or she or whoever it is, like allows me to then have my time and a judgment-free zone to do what I'm doing. So almost like looking at as a, a place of uh, exploration of equality of acknowledgement and uh, non-judgment. 
Yeah, and just real quick little addendum to that. You don't like, you don't have to be uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You don't have to be okay if the behavior is not their best behavior. Like if I if what I want because this is like the common denominator, lowest common denominator for me to stay home and watch Netflix every Friday night. Well, that's not really healthy for me. But I need to know that it's a safe space that I can say that to you. And then we can have a frank, open dialogue. And then I have to turn around and create a, 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 a judgment-free zone for you, you to express back to me that, hey, I see you in this. Please see me in what I do. So it goes both ways. It's not just you have to accept everything from the person without, um, without some give and take. But I just I wanted that to be clear. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a great, that's a great, great clarifying um, com com comment there. And it reminds me that sometimes if we are willing, if we're willing to actually state what we want, then that means we also have to be willing, if we're going to be conscious human beings enough to say, hey, actually, if I dig in, I actually really just want to be home on Friday night. Then we also are going to have to hold space for that other person that's like ready to go out for their processing that current moment where you're like, okay, what are you going to say? And then it has to be, and then them have to be like, okay, whatever I say, I have to um, hold space for then, you know, Marcus to then hold <laughs> the process of my response. And it becomes just very much a conscious uh, caretaking, I think, of each, of each other. So Fred, um, I want to jump back to you. Do you want to add anything to this part and then go back to the acknowledgement piece? Yeah, I was kind of thinking about, um, you know, the wanting to stay in versus wanting to go out. Um, that the other, whether it's the husband, wife, whatever uh, the relationship is, that the other person not to take it personally, which kind of goes back to that uh, honesty uh, the fact that I want to stay in and watch Netflix this Friday doesn't mean that I don't want to go to dinner with you. It's not a personal, like, I don't want to be seen in public with you. That's why we're staying in. It's, it's you know, and being kind of clear about that dialogue because, you know, when things things can get misconstrued in something as simple as I got dressed up, I just kind of want to stay in and watch TV tonight, you know, and, and kind of laying that very clearly what is where are you at why why do you want to stay in tonight not like i don't want to go out with you it's and trying to hear the other person and kind of have that ping pong dialogue about what it is that you know what it is that's transpiring i guess yeah um yeah um i did think about your question the thing do you have that, that uh, do, do you have that acknowledgement okay perfect yeah um and what are I'm, they? I'm so you have lame. two things, two really things that you're like, so, <laughs> so no, no, I think, so I think that's the part though, friend. Dumb, but yeah, but like, it's <laughs> legitimate. Like I think about just kind of my friendships and, you know, in, in, um, you know, in some of my good, really good friendships, good relationships. Um, you know, I, I, I want you to ask me how my day was and, you know, and be willing to hear me out and, um, be legitimately interested in what I'm saying. Even if you're not, pretend, whatever. My job, like I said, I work in solid waste. No one wants to talk about landfills. Most times I don't want to talk about landfills, but that's what I do. So that's kind of what comes up sometimes when I'm talking about things. So 
um, I guess just recognition of like what I'm up to, whether it's work, whether it's what I'm, you know, doing in my spare time, just ask me what I'm up to, you know, be interested in my life and the things that I'm doing. Um, and then also recognize that when I ask you how you're doing, that I actually want to hear about how you're doing all the details you would normally spare somebody. I want to hear that. I mean, unless you don't want to share that and that's fine, but you know, in, in many kind of day-to-day relationships that might not necessarily be, um, you know, super, super close friendships. Um, but even some of those, you know, it's, you can kind of gauge your friends and people that you're really close with. And, you know, when I'm like, Hey, how's it going? Oh, I'm good. You know, you can kind of tell when something's loaded and it's like, there's something beneath that. I actually do want to hear about that, you know? And even, you know, some people will start the the story with, well, I don't want to bore you. And it's like, no, please bore me. I want, you know, it's on your mind. I want you to be able to kind of throw that out on, you know, on a slate and be done with it. If that's what you need in that moment. Um, you know, I, I go on runs with friends and, you know, that's a lot of, a lot of the time that's when I am able to be like, Hey, what's going on? And we both kind of spill and, you know, do the ping pong thing. And we got it off our chest and things that we thought were big deals aren't big deals anymore. And, you know, running think, is so good. Running oh partners are so good for that. Yes, <laughs> I know that, yes. I know that too. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, like, you know, just kind of the day-to-day stuff that seems boring, but I, I love hearing about it. I love hearing, you know, about people's routines, what they do every day. Like, do you mm. brush your teeth and then do you go get a glass of water or do you like, do you like orange juice after you brush your teeth? Like I, I love those random facts about people's lives that people don't really talk about because it's so. So, quote, Fred, unquote, should we, Fred, should we share your phone number now for listeners, or just should oh, we do that? At share it. I mean, post it, <laughs> ladies. I am married to Carrie Underwood. Now, I guess I did say I was single, but I'm married to Carrie Underwood. She's she's got this thing with some hockey guy. Um, it's it's just for show though. So. Just, just to throw that one out there. I'm not fully, fully available, but do put my number out there for anybody that needs it. Oh, I love it. Okay, Jared, I want to hear yours. What are two ways, uh, two things that you really would love uh, or that you really enjoy having acknowledged about you from your partner? Huh. So this is... Uh... Uh, somewhat sticky thing, actually. Um, I was raised in a home where compliments were used sarcastically. Mm. And it took quite a while. And it's still, like if she was sitting here, there would be a look I would be getting right now about my (laughs) capability to take compliments. Uh, I am Mm. not good at it. I've gotten better. I still suck desperately at it, though. Like, I'm still, like, below the average person, no matter how much I've progressed in 10 years. Um, (laughs) I am still below average on taking compliments well. So for me, um, it's more of reciprocation of action than acknowledgement of my actions in a verbal. So less words and more body. Yeah. Yeah. So, so reciprocation, uh, specifically like in a, like if I spent the day repairing things around the house or let's, let's be more accurate. That's my dream. Uh, more (laughs) accurate is, uh, worked all day. Um, kids had, you know, a rough night and then I fixed things around the house. Uh, I, I would very much, you know, just like 
to not have to work on more things when I get done with the things I was fixing or the people I was fixing or the wildlife problems I was fixing all day. Mm. Um, you know, give, giving me uh, space to not have to be someone with answers, not freedom, because I, I take mm. a very Kierkegaard approach to freedom, that it's in your head. Okay, okay, okay. Um, and that it's your own emotions. So for me, like, uh, I could be told I'm free all day, but unless I have control over my own emotions, I'm not. Um mm or, or my worldview or what's going on, um, inside of me while whatever could be going on outside of me is going on. Uh, with kids, you don't get to plan. Like I, I was, ch- I had to mute my, or mute, mute my mic <laughs> there for a second when you all were talking about the stay in, go out thing. I'm like, man, that'd be awesome. <laughs> like you, you don't get that option with kids. Your choices are, you know, your arguments about how you're spending your evening or downtime is, who's, who's shutting down the most recent argument or who's, um, you know, helping the kid with the random cut or weird growth popping out of some weird part of their body at any given time, <laughs> you know, or why, why are they on top our friend's camper van declaring, you know, uh, royal, you know, their royal position, um, you know, all these things that are sitting in the way of that. So for me personally, having grown up in, in a big, not a big family, but by today's standards, I guess five kids is larger than normal and being the oldest of those five, um, you had to self-regulate without anyone giving you any, uh, affirmation or necessarily positive reinforcement for positive action. So, yeah, if it, and, and I will say it's much, much easier for me to do that if I'm given an hour <laughs> at the end of the day with yes. no expectation. And by end of the day, I mean somewhere after 10 or 11 at night. And does your partner know this about you? Yeah, yeah. Um, we had kids. Well, our son was born 10 months after our wedding day. Mm and unplanned um total surprise on many levels so you know there were some major life changes that happened there but that was more for me she hadn't been with we we dated long distance she was in wisconsin and uh where we're both from i was out here in montana and i mean we moved in together on our honeymoon basically our honeymoon was a week long and then we had roommates up until after our son was born. So we've never had a place to ourselves. Um, So she had to learn that on the fly, which could not have been easy for her, you know, with people observing. Uh, But she learned it very quickly. And maybe it's, uh, we have talked about a bit, we think it might be because we're both firstborns and we both kind of see things similarly. It's just we act differently on it. We process differently. She's a verbal processor um, where I... Desperately, I'm not. Um, Do you want to be? No. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> if, if it would make things uh, more simple, I think, <laughs> if we both process the same way. Uh, yeah. But I never learned how to do that as a child. So it would be teaching an adult how to do that um, when my head tends to go to places well outside the issue 
during an issue. I go very um, third person, if that makes sense. Um, like on the outside looking in at, okay, why am I responding this way? And kind of do like a self-diagnostic thing. When I try to explain it uh, and try to talk it through, it can be seen by the other person. Um, and I had this with, with uh, girls I dated as well. Um, when it would try to be turned into verbal processing, a lot of it could be taken as an insult um, or as a slight or just mistaken, uh, you know, the thoughts that would be going through my head. Where when I deal with it internally, I can have those private thoughts about is it because of this or that and not hurt somebody in the process of just trying to figure out, you know, what's bothering me. Yeah, I think this is interesting too. Having this piece, having already talked about compliments and where you know your partner was like, "No, how do I look? No, I want you to actually tell me the, the like how it's bad or like criticize it or like you know like tell me some nitty gritty here, not just that it looks good, but you know knowing that your process is like, no, I I can't process this out loud. Like how you know and and kind of like your own journey with uh, verbal things uh, is definitely going to be part of that interchange for the two of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Fred, do you have a comment about that? Oh, I was going to say, um, I, you know, having observed a lot of relationships as an adult, um, sometimes taking the time kind of like what Jared said, you know, some, the verbal, you know, expressing yourself verbally in the moment sometimes can do more damage than if you were to just wait it out for an hour. Um, but I think in some cases, um, and I know in, in, you know, quarrels that I've been in with, uh, friends or family members or whatever, um, they want to talk it out right now. And if I talk it out right now, I don't have the words that are going to, it's not going to come out the way that I want it to. Um, I'm emotional. I've got, you know, I don't have nice things to say right now. And I don't want to say the wrong thing and make this worse than, you know, because in many cases and why well, I, I shouldn't say many cases, but in some cases, it's not as big of a deal as it could be if you were to just speak it out right now. So sometimes taking that time to kind of let it marinate and formulate what it is that you uh, want to say without saying something off the cuff and uh, creating an issue where there might not have been originally. Yeah, I think the the consciousness of uh, people's emotions, and if we aren't our emotions, and it's the way we're feeling, like allow us to each process those feelings before we uh, take more steps forward. I think that awareness can be really good in different moments. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. That is just part one. We've got part two coming up in just a couple of weeks. Next week is going to be the regular Monday episode. And then the following week, we got part two. So come back, listen to the Monday episode and definitely tune back in two weeks from now for part two of What Are Men Thinking? Thinking?